As we continue in the, the heart of worship, we are getting into the time of our offering. So I want to share um, just two scriptures that will exemplify our worship and that will put, a, put us in our heart to understand what, why we do what we do. So let me pray. Father, thank you again for this opportunity to give back to you what you have already blessed us with. Lord, we are mindful of those who don't have the, the capability or the opportunity to give, but Lord, you say you provide a seed for the sower. So Lord, we thank you. Amen. And the scriptures are First, Second Corinthians nine, six, seven, eight, and ten. So that's Second Corinthians nine, verse six, seven, eight, and ten. And it goes like this. I, I'm I'm actually changed the order, so it's not in sequence. Verse verse ten says. Now he who supplies a seed. To the to the sower. And bread, bread for food will also supply and increase the store of your seed and will enlarge the harvest of your righteousness. So we see the Lord is always in increase. Second Corinthians nine, Second Corinthians nine seven says, "Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly." are under compulsion for God loves a cheerful giver so you see even when we're giving we have to have a heart to give cheerfully not under compulsion not like somebody's forcing you to give because God will always bless us abundantly and this is what he says in verse 8 and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things at all times Having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. So we see the idea of covenant says that if this person does this, the other person will do accordingly. And we know that we want to obey the Lord and we want to make sure that in every aspect of our lives we will declare the worship. And that is in our tithes and offerings. 
And for those who are joining us online and who not under compulsion as the Lord leads and you feel you want to bless and give to the, the ministry, you can do it through a PayPal account which is under the email address newhorizonmin at gmail.com. So continue to join us as we play a selection and then after which we will pray and cover the offering. thank you for your awesomeness and we bless the offering back to you as you say Lord you will provide the seed for the sower and you will cause us to increase abund abundantly so Lord we thank you again that you have given us this opportunity to give back to you so indeed you can bless us and increase our borders Lord this is a covenant of love and of worship that we come prepared and ready to hear from you. So Lord, continue to bless us as a ministry, as a group, to influence lives, and that everything that is collected will be used for the furtherance of your kingdom, to increase the borders, to increase your kingdom, in Jesus' name. So thank you. And as we prepare for the, the notices, after which we'll get right into the word. Thank you. All a second birth, and from heaven he came down, down. to free all that were bound. bound. Oh God, the four and twenty fell down, casting down their crowns, saying, Thou art. Why? 
Good morning. My name is Ava Green Cameron, and this morning I want to welcome you again and welcome the earlier to New Life Horizon Church. We are a church called by God to create settings and opportunities where persons will connect with God, they will know his promises for them, understand their purpose for which they were created so that they can maximize their potential as they grow and serve in authentic relationships. And one of the ways we create these settings, we create these settings by having retreats, conferences, workshops as the Lord give us the opportunity to do. And this year, We'll be having a retreat in, in Roxton, Texas, October 12th to the 14th in Roxton, Texas. And the theme of this retreat is purposeful living. We recognize that all of us were created with purpose for the very fact that you're here breathing. God had created you with purpose. He had a plan in mind. And many of us live day after day, year after year, not understanding our purpose, but just living futile life, just living willy-nilly, just living. And, but we recognize this morning that God, when he made you, he had something specific for you to accomplish, for you to do. Because our purpose is our identity. It tells us who we are. Just like our name tells us who we are, our purpose tells us who we are. What were we created to do? But I'm mindful this morning that many of us don't know. Many of us think that what we're doing may be it because it's the easiest thing to do or it's the only thing that pays the bill and we tend to, to draw to the things that pay our bill. But this morning we want to, to encourage you to come out and be with us as we have great speakers who are ready to speak and to bring the word of the Lord and to show you and to lead you and to even open their own lives to show you how the Lord has led them this far for them to be walking in purpose. So come out and join us. You can register on our website. It's www.newlifehorizon.org and the deadline for registration is October 1 because we are we are we, we have we up to the last count we had 15 spaces left and we are recognizing that the the hotel that we're booking they're also selling out so we cannot hold it any longer but if you're interested come out and join it join us the the cost for a hotel is 180 if you're going to be sharing a room with someone or 360 if you want to be in a room by yourself and that is for three nights by the way and the meals are 150 which is $50 each day for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So come and join us at the Purposeful Living Retreat in Roxton, Texas. And so before I bring the word this morning, I would like to thank the Lord for being with us. I read the other day where in a book called Reese Howell's Intercessors where they met together for prayer. And one of the, the things the author said, they said they knew that God was there. It's they knew that he was there because by the mere fact he said where two or three are gathered, he's there. But what they were not sensing was his presence. And the, and, and, and the writer says, they, 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 the, the guy that they were writing about, Reese Howell, he said, until the Holy Spirit possesses an individual and takes over, you will never experience the presence of the Lord in a full way. And that, when I read it, stood out to me. Because many times we, 
we, we think that because the Lord is with us that we are, we are experiencing his presence in, in, a, in, the, in totality. When in fact he's saying, until I possess your will, but until I possess your mind, until I possess your body, until I dictate everything that you do, you have not fully experienced me. And so this morning, Lord, we know you are here with us. We know by the mere fact, as I said, that your word says where two or three are gathered, you are there. But Lord, we want more of than that. We want your presence in totality. We are asking you, Lord, this morning to come and fully occupy our bodies, our minds, our will we give to you. Lord, we want to do things the way you want to do it. We want to do it when you want to do it and how you would have done it. Lord, we want to give you full access to us this morning. God, that every word that I speak will be your word. The thoughts that I think will be your thoughts. The understanding that I get even as I read the word. And not only me, but for everyone listening to my voice. That the understanding that we get as we read the, read the word is from you. And so, Father, we ask you this morning to take full control. Take over. This is about you. We gather because it's about you, not because of me, not because of anyone else, God. There are other things that we would be doing, but this morning we gather because of you. And because we are here because of you, Lord, we ask you to come and fill this room, fill this place with your presence. Come, Holy Spirit, and tabernacle with us this morning. Come, Holy Spirit, and be with us this morning. Let our hearts burn. Let our minds be transformed. Let our lives be changed because we would have met you this morning. Father, we don't want to do things our way. Lord, we have tried it our way and we have failed. We have done things our way. But we have failed. We have failed miserably, God. We have failed to the point of living in regrets in many areas of our lives. We have failed. And Lord, I ask you this morning that if you would come and lead us, Holy Spirit, lead us to that path of righteousness for your name's sake. Lead us, God, so that we will walk in sync with you and know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you are with us. Father, we give you thanks this morning. And we thank you, Lord, for the word that you will bring to our hearts this morning. God, I hold this that my notes before me lightly because I want you to speak. Speak to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Last week, we looked at the lives of Abraham and Isaac. And how God brought them from a place of famine to feast. We recognize that when we looked at their lives, we recognize that it was God who brought them, Abraham, into famine. We recognize that it was God's way of testing them in the famine. And he, he gave them an opportunity to grow in the famine. We understand that God can provide plenty in one place, yet allow scarcity to be in another. 
we understand that God will allow one person to leave the place of famine and go to where abundance is, as we saw that what he did for Abraham, where he allowed Abraham to go to Egypt. Yet he said to Isaac, stay where you are and exercise faith in me. We also understand that everyone experiences famine, whether it is a time of drought, where there is lack of food and water, or a period of trials and tribulation. And we also recognize that believers in Christ are not immune to experiencing times of famine or trials. But what we saw standing out is that during the times of famine, Abraham and Isaac became fearful. And in becoming fearful, what they did, they both told their wives to tell Abimelech and Pharaoh that they were their sisters. And so in the times of famine and trial, you and I sometimes experience fear and some of us become, become hopeless or discouraged. And it is even worse for the person who don't know the Lord or, or the person who depend upon themselves and not on God. Because the more you depend on yourself and when your hands are tied and you do not know where to do, you lose hope more than anyone else. But this morning I'm here to share with you that the song that we just sang that says, My God is awesome. He can keep you and I in the valley. He can keep you and I in the famine, in the trials, in the tribulations, in the times of suffering. He can lead us to that place where there is abundance, where there is peace, where there is joy, if we but trust him. And this week, through the life of Joseph, we get to observe God's favor and promise, even in the times of trials and suffering. In Genesis 37, verse 4, we saw, I'm going to be reading from the New International Version, we saw, it says, I'll start at verse 3. Now Israel loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made a richly ornamented robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father, hit, father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word them. So we see where Joseph and his father and brothers were living in Canaan, which is the land that was promised to their forefather Abraham and to their grandfather Isaac. But Joseph was hated because his father had loved him. And that is what sometimes happens in our lives. Because of what? Or because of God's favor on you, or because you are favored in your family, or because you are favored in, in a setting where people will look on and think that your life is flourishing more than theirs. They will hate you. And, they, and because they hated Joseph, we see in Genesis 37, 28 to 26, 36, which I will also read, that they wanted to kill him. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and sold him for 20 shekels of silver to the Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. When Reuben returned to the cistern and saw that Joseph was not there, 
he tore his clothes. He went back to his brothers and said, this boy, the boy isn't there. Where can I turn now? Then they got Joseph's robe, slaughtered a goat, and dipped the robe in the blood. They took the ornamented robe back to their father and said, We found this. Examine it to see whether it is your son's robe. He recognized it and said, It is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. Then jo Jacob tore his clothes, put on sackcloth, and mourned for his son many days. All his sons and daughters came to comfort him, but he refused to be comforted. No, he said, in mourning will I go down to the grave to my son. So his father wept for him. Meanwhile, the Midianites sold Joseph in Egypt to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So we see that they had planned to kill Joseph in, in, the, er, in the earlier verse, in, in, in verse 27. They planned to kill him, but they changed the plan, and instead what they did, they sold him into slavery to an Ishmaelite merchant who was on his way to Egypt, who then sold him to Potiphar, one of Pharaoh's officials, the captain of the guard. So imagine with me this morning how Joseph must have felt. Joseph recognized, would have recognized that I am hated in my own family. I am hated enough that not only did they, am I hated, but they wanted to kill me. And now I am sold into slavery. In my country, in my home, I am free and now I am living in slavery. I am among strangers and I do not understand their language. Joseph was alone in another land. And this morning that may be your reality. You may be living in a land that is strange. You may be in a setting that you are a stranger and you are alone. You may be there because someone hated you or you may be there because something happened, some trial, some suffering in life caused you to be where you are. And you're saying this morning, why am I here? I am not deserving of this. But as we look at, at, at Joseph's life, we will recognize that while being in Egypt, Joseph will suffer many, many trials. He will go through many times of famine, and I'm, it may not be a famine of food, but a famine where he was alone and there was trials and there was tribulation. Because last week we recognized that famine is not only a lack of food and water. It can be a lack of the word of God. It can be a, it can be a place of trials and sufferings and tribulations. But while being in Egypt, Joseph was living in Potiphar's household and, and Potiphar's wife had liked him. And because he would not give in to her desires, she lied upon him. And Joseph's suffering increased. So now he was not only hated by his brothers, he was not only sold into slavery, but he was now lied upon by the, by the, the, the owner, the, 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 the man, the head of the household in which he was living. 
And Potiphar, when his wife told him the lie of Joseph, that Joseph tried to rape her, Joseph was now imprisoned. So walk with me through Joseph's life. Joseph had a, had a dream where he saw he, the, the, the star and the moon and the sun bowing down before him. And he, and, he, and he shared it with his brothers. And all because he shared it with his brothers, they started to hate him. What were their concerns? That Joseph thought that he was going to be bigger or above them. And now we see Joseph in prison. And God gave him an opportunity to meet the chief cupbearer and the baker of Pharaoh himself. And they had a dream and God gave him favor that he was able to interpret the dream. And he said to them, when you are reinstated in your position, he spoke to the cupbearer, remember me. Tell Pharaoh about me. But the cupbearer forgot Joseph. So Joseph was hated. He was sold into prison. He was, he was sold into slavery, I'm sorry. He was lied upon by the wife of, his, of, his, of, his, of the household of his master. He was imprisoned and now he's forgotten in prison. What I learned this week through Joseph's life that I want to share with you, I can share from, from Genesis 45, verse says 4 to verse 8. God will send you and I into times of trials and tribulations to prepare us so that we are in a position to save the lives of those who will come after us. Everything that we go through is not about us. Genesis 45 verses 48 read as follows. Then Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. When they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourself for selling me here because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. And for the next five years, there will not be plowing and reaping but God sent me ahead of you to preserve for you a remnant on earth and to save your life by a great deliverance. So then, it was not you who sent me here, but God. He made me father to Pharaoh, lord of his entire household and ruler of all Egypt. So we see that even when Joseph was sold into slavery and, 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 and the story speaks about Joseph Pharaoh having a dream and, being and the cupbearer remembering Joseph interpreting, it, interpreting the dream that he had and he told Pharaoh about this dream and Pharaoh called for Joseph and Joseph came into Pharaoh's presence and Joseph was able to interpret Pharaoh's dream because the Lord gave him the ability to interpret dreams. Joseph was able to say, it was not you, it was not you who sent me here. It was God who brought me here. 
And so we see that God will bring us into trials and into tribulation and into suffering. He'll imprison you in situations. He'll allow you to be hated. He'll allow you to be sold into slavery. He'll allow you to be lied upon so that he can use you to save the lives of those who will come after you. The next thing I observe from verses, from verse 39, verse 4 and 21, is that God will give you favor with those in authority, even in the times of trials. We saw where while Joseph was living in Pharaoh's house, household, in verse 39, that Pharaoh loved Joseph. The Lord was with Joseph, 39, prospered. Joseph the Lord, chapter, I'm sorry, chapter 39, verse 2. The Lord was with Joseph and he prospered. And he lived in the house of his Egyptian master. When his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and became his attendant. So we see that God has a way of giving you favor in those in authority. And, and, and God did it for, for Joseph. And in verse 21, what he did, he says, But while Joseph was there in prison, the Lord was with him. He showed him kindness and granted him favor in the eyes of the prison warder. So we see God allowing Joseph to, to find favor with the prison warder and to find favor with his master. And God will do that for us in the least likely circumstances that we find ourselves in. Because God is saying, it is I who brought you to where you are. I am the one who, I have autonomy, I have control, I am sovereign over your situations. And I will bring you into unlikely situations. And I will give you favor into those situations. In chapter, in verse 2 and 20 to 21, we saw God promises, promised Joseph that I will be with you. And it's the same thing he's saying to us this morning. I will be with you wherever you are. But just trust me. Just obey me. In Isaiah 43 verse 2, we see God saying to his people, Israel, he said, when you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not sweep over you. When you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. And as I looked at that scripture, I noticed three, the one word appearing three times. And it's the word through. He said, when you pass through, when you pass through the waters, when you pass through the rivers, when you walk through the fire, and through speaks of movement going, moving, not being still, not being stationary, but continually or continuously moving. So you are not stuck in a position. You are not cemented in a position of suffering or in famine or in hardship or trial. It is a going through position that requires a mindset that says, I am only here temporary. It is not a permanent position. But God promised that while you are going through, I will be with you. 
as he was with Joseph. We see him in the prison and we see him in Potiphar's household and we see him in Egypt. God was with Joseph. He was with Joseph in the house even when Potiphar's wife, Mrs. Potiphar, was lying on him. He was with Joseph. He was with Joseph even in the time when he was imprisoned and he was forgotten by the cupbearer. He was with Joseph. And he is with you even in the times of your trials when you are forgotten, when you are lied upon, when you are hated. He's with you. The next point I want to make this morning is that in chapter 39, two to th verses 2 to 3, God will allow your superiors and those around you to see or to notice that you are prospering. The scripture said, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. God will do that for you in the least likely place. He will cause those around you to see that he's prospering you. Prospering you. He will cause those around you to see that prosperity has come just because you are here. God will bless your company. According to verse 5 and 6 it says, From the time he put him in charge of his household and all that he owned, the Lord blessed the household of the Egyptian because of Joseph. The blessing of the Lord was on everything Potiphar had, both in his household and in the field. So he left in Joseph's care everything he had with Joseph in charge. He did not concern himself with anything except the food he ate. God will bless the company that you're in just because you are there. I remember hearing this woman share her testimony at a retreat I was, and she spoke about being at a company and working with them for years, and how the company grew. And she sensed that the Lord was calling her into full-time ministry, and that she had to be leaving. And she felt like the Lord had said to her, when you leave, because they were doing some unscrupulous things, and she said the Lord said to her, when you leave, my blessing will also leave this place. And she said the moment she left, the company started to go down until it folded and nothing. A company that was, she said, was prospering, prospering, prospering. Because she said when she got there, like the Lord just brought favor. And everything she did just became gold. And when he took her from that company, the company went down. And the question I ask you this morning, as I ask myself, do I bring a difference wherever I go? Does my presence in an organization or in a setting or in a group of people means anything? Is it noticeable that I am there, that there's a blessing where I am, that people are blessed just because I am there? Is my family blessed because I'm a member of the family? Is the company in which you are working or the ministry in which you are serving growing because you are there? Do you add value to where you are? 
And that's a question I had to ask myself even as I prepared this. Do I add value? Can those around me see me prospering because God is with me? Are they noticing prosperity because God is with me? Or am I just there existing, just working, and nobody is seeing God's hand on me? And it's a question I had to answer to my own self as I prepared this well, last week or today's a new week. Am I adding value? Am I adding value where I am? If I meet with a group of women in one setting, am I adding value to them? Am I adding value to New Life Horizon or their church? Or am I just coming and taking up space? Am I adding value to my friends? Am I adding value to my family? And, I, and, I, and as I think about it, I started to, 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 to look at my own relationships. And the most you can do is to question yourself sometimes and, and ask yourself, is someone, is this person any better because they knew me or know me? Are they growing in their relationship with God because I am a part of their lives? Or it means nothing, I am just another person. And as I looked at Joseph's life, I realized Potiphar's household prospered only because Joseph was there. Everything Joseph touched turned gold. And the same thing we saw with Jacob when Jacob was living with Laban. Everything grew. With the cattle, he had so many more things. Everything grew that it was noticeable. Laban noticed. Laban's children noticed that because Jacob was there, everything multiplied. And because God multiplied it so much, Jacob was able to go to, to, to Canaan empty-handed. And he left with plenty. He left with two, two wives, two concubines, 11 sons and a daughter. And cattle, sheep, goats, you can name it, that he never had. God will bless us where we are once we are trusting him, once we are looking to him, once we are depending on him. And I've had to question the lack of growth in new life horizon and I've had to question Lord is it that I'm ineffective or is it that I am going through a period of trial because you are testing my faith in you is it that you are allowing me to go through the season of my life to trust you because you're saying I am bringing you into purpose I am fulfilling my purpose in you but I must take you through the fires I must take, take you to, through the rivers I must take you through the waters and this morning I want you to ask yourself the same question where you are are you blooming are you making a difference in your company in your ministry in your relationships, in your family, are you making a difference? Another thing I saw in verse 
in chapters 40, 41, verses 50 to 52, is that God will make you fruitful in the land of suffering. Before the years of famine came, two sons were born to Joseph by the daughter of Potiphar, priest of An. Joseph named his firstborn Manasseh and said, it is because God has made me forget all my trouble and all my father's household. The second son he named Ephraim and said, it is because God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. And we see that in, even though Joseph had been through so much, hated by his, his brothers, he had 11 brothers and he was hated by 10. He was sold into slavery by them. He was lied upon. He was imprisoned. He was forgotten. Joseph could have said at a point, God has made me forget all my trouble and all my family's household and he has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. Can you this morning say in the midst of your trials and in your suffering and in your famine, say God has made me fruitful in the land of my suffering. God has made me forgotten all the troubles that I have been through. Because that is God's intention. To take you through the trials and the famine that you will forget the troubles that you have been through and recognize how fruitful he has made you. In verses 37 to 44 in chapter 47, chapter 41, I'm sorry, we see where God use, will use the famine around you or the trials around you, you or the trials that you go through to elevate you to the place he has for you. So be careful how you respond to your trials and your tribulation. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials when, when Joseph interpreted the dream. And he said to him, he said to him, seven years of, of famine, seven years of plenty. So Pharaoh asked them, can we find anyone to carry out on whom the Spirit of God rests to carry out this that Joseph is saying to us? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so discerning and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace and all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So we see God prospering Joseph and elevating Joseph to a place of being second to Pharaoh in the place of his suffering. God will elevate you. We notice from, from there was no not a mention of Joseph quarreling and complaining. We never saw a temper tantrum. We never saw him going to the Lord and questioning and saying, God, why me? If we did, the scripture didn't address it. So we recognize that Joseph's respond, Joseph response in the midst of the trial was one of looking to God and seeing God, seeing beyond his trial, seeing beyond his suffering, seeing beyond his imprisonment, seeing beyond his, his slavery. 
And as I thought of that, I thought about the scripture, Romans 8, 28, that says, God will work all things together for good for his children who love him and are called according to his purpose. So God, even in the midst of what you're going through, God knows that this I can work for your good. But we must be careful how we respond in the times of trials, in the times of lack in the times of famine, in the times of suffering and tribulations. The next point I want to make is that God will give you the strategy to prepare you for the lives in the famine so that you will prosper and not be in lack. In verse 28 to 37 of chapter 41, we see it was... Just as I said to Pharaoh, God has shown Pharaoh what he's about to do. God gave Joseph the interpretation. And, it, and, it, and the interpretation was to prepare the people of Egypt for what was to come. In verse 54 of chapter 41, it says, And the seven years of famine began, just as Joseph had said. There was famine in all the other lands, but in the whole land of Egypt, there was food. So God prepared Joseph and gave him a strategy that he, in the midst of famine, where everybody else had famine, he gave him a strategy so that Egypt would have had food. God can give you and I a strategy, even in the midst of the hardship and the suffering and the famine and the trials and the tribulations that we will go through. He can give you a strategy that those around you will come. And that's what we saw. Those, everybody came to Egypt because Egypt had food because God gave Joseph the strategy. And God can do that for you and I. He can, you can be in your company in a way that God gives you so much favor that everyone has to look to you. Because you are the answer. You are the solution through which God is bringing to the company. You are the brain behind what God is doing for the company. You are the solution. You are what God is saying that the New Life Horizon Church may need. And he's planning to work and to build new life through you. And I pray this morning that I will be at the place where God will choose to give me the strategy to build New Life Horizon. God will fulfill the dream he gave you. And we saw that in Joseph's life, that when he had that dream of seeing the moon and the, star and the sun, stars and the sun bowing down before him, God fulfilled that dream later on in Genesis 37, 5 to 10. Genesis 46, verse 6. 42, verse 6. And it reads as follows. Now Joseph was the governor of the land, the one who sold grain to all his people. So when Joseph's brothers arrived, they bowed down to him with their faces to the ground. When Joseph had shared the dream initially, his, his brothers hated him for the dream. But in Genesis 50 verse 18, 
we see his brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves, he said. Or they said. So God will give you a dream. And in fulfilling the dream, you may have to go through hardships, trials, rivers, fires, mountains, climb through situations that you did not know you had the ability or the tenacity to endure. But God is saying, if you will only trust me, if you'll only just hold on in the midst of it. God, I am holding on because week after week, I have to face the reality of seeing new life, not growing. And I have to live and, and wonder, God, why? And, and people may, looking on may have their own thoughts of why we are not growing. But I am trusting God. That he gave this dream to me. It was nothing that I thought of on my own. It was nothing that I wanted to do. He gave this dream. Unlike Joseph, I am going to trust him. I am going to trust him that one day new life will grow. Not because I will be ready, but because God will be ready. Not because I will have the ability, but because God will work through me to build it. Not because others will look on and they will have their, their own thoughts. Why we are, we are or we are not growing. But because God will say, today is the beginning of your season. Today is the beginning of the time when I have set for you to grow. And so this morning, I am mindful that we are all in different settings and different situations. For me, new life is, 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 is my company. New life is what God has given me to go right at this period in time. For you, it may be something else. And so what I ask you to do this morning is to stop and think. Stop and think. Are you fulfilling purpose where you are? Are you seeing or being able to say, God, I am offering my life where you have planted me so that I can see famine turn to feast? Am I offering myself in the midst of my situation, in the midst of my company, my family, my friendships? Am I offering myself so that you can bring change? You can use me to bring change to those I serve to those I work with. We recognize that Joseph was forgotten. And Psalm 27 says, when my father and my mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Isaiah 49, 15 says, God will never forget us. He says, can a mother Forget the baby at her breast and have no compassion on the child she has born. Those she may forget, God says, I will never forget you. Isaiah 41.10 says, even in the midst of your trial, do not fear. Even in the midst of your famine, even in the times when everything, look at it, is not growing and it is dead 
Because that's what famine does. Famine looks as if something, everything is dead because there's no water, there's no food. God is saying to us, do not fear, I am with you. Do not fear. Where you are this morning is where God is aware. He's not surprised. He never woke up this morning and said, oh my God, there goes my daughter in the midst of her trials. Or there goes my son struggling. He knew in advance that the pathway for which you are walking, because he knew that today you'll be where you are. And he knew in advance that where you would find yourself today, tomorrow, and the other days that you will be allowed to live. He already has a plan and a strategy for you to overcome, for you to go through what we must trust in. Like Joseph, you and I may be called to go through situations to preserve the lives of those who come. I may be called to go through this period of struggle with new life horizon. Initially not wanting to be a part of it, initially not wanting to do it. Until I got to the place where I surrendered and said, yes, Lord, I will do this. God may have caused me to go through this or caused you to go through that because of others who will come and take new life and grow it bigger and do things that I couldn't have done. But it's God is saying to me, endure hardship. Endure your suffering. Endure your tribulations. Endure what you are going through. Have I not called you to this? Have I not called you to, the, to, the, to, to, to where you are? You may not be able to see with your naked eyes what God is doing. But he said, see, I am doing a new thing. Can you not perceive it? See, I am doing a new thing. And even as I said that, my own spirit bore witness that God is doing a new thing and I'm waiting for the revelation, but I'm remaining faithful. I am remaining faithful to the little because I know God has far more in store for me because he promised me that there is far more. There's far more in store. But I am going to remain faithful this morning. Are you willing to remain faithful? Are you willing to put your all into that which he has called you to do? Because God wants to bring prosperity. God wants to give you favor. God wants to make you whole. He wants to elevate you. He wants to elevate me. He wants to prosper you. He wants to prosper me. He wants to give you favor. He wants to give me favor. But we must remain faithful in the times of famine. Joseph's brothers and father and, and 70 of them were able to go into Egypt and to leave the famine behind and go into a place of a feast when they got to, to Egypt Pharaoh gave them the best of the land Goshen so that they could raise their, their, their cattle and that is what God will do 
Others will prosper because you chose to endure. Because I chose to endure. Others will come behind. And as I said, I'm reminded of my, grand, my grandparents. When they planted the church in Old Arbor. They planted one in Old Arbor, one in Old Arbor Bay, and one in Boys Content. And at the time, it was minimum, minimal amount of attendees. And when I went, I can't forget going to a funeral in the Old Arbor Church. And Old Arbor Bay, I visited a funeral also. And they have grown, they have grew, grew out of the space that they were occupying initially. And now they are known as the parish where they meet for, their, for, for, the, for the parish when they're having their convention. That is what God does. And I am reminded, I'm, and I'm encouraged that God will start something that looks as if it is dead and not growing and everyone may have their mouth full of why it is not growing. But God will, will start something. If I remain faithful, he will grow it. And so this morning I ask you to remain faithful where you are. Remain faithful in the company. Remain faithful to the organization that he has called you or the company has called you to start. Remain faithful. Remain faithful. You do not know what God is going to do or what he has in store for you. Remain faithful. Famine has a way of turning into feast once we remain faithful to the one who has the ability to bring us through. And so this morning, Father, I just bless your name this morning. I am mindful, God, that there are some this morning who don't know you. And famine for them, God, is fearful and a time of being hopeless and helpless and discouraged and discontent and all the different negativity, the emotions that one can experience. But this morning, I come to bring hope to those who are listening. And I say, like Joseph, you may have been going through hard times. Like Joseph, you may have struggled with your family. Like Joseph, you may have been forgotten and, and lied upon. Like Joseph, you may have been abandoned. Like Joseph, you may have had so many negative things happen to you. But God is saying to you this morning, when you trust me, I will take you through. Because I am a God that takes women, take men through hard times. You are not stuck where you are. If you trust him to take you through. If you keep your eyes on him, he said you will never be put to shame. If you keep your eyes on him, he said you will have perfect peace. Even in the midst of your struggle and trials and famine and suffering and tribulations. So come this morning and let this morning be a morning where you surrender all to the God, to the one who says, I'm able to take you through the valleys. I'm able to lead you through the still waters. I'm able to lead you and set a table before you in the presence of those who hate you. That's what he did for Joseph and he can do it for you. Set a table, oh God. 
Set a table, O oh God, this morning, I ask. Set a table, O oh God, in the presence of those who look on God and have nothing good to say. Set a table, O oh God. Set a table, O oh God, for those this morning who, who are going through their own struggles and persons are looking on God and have nothing good to say. Set a table, God. A table where feasts change and in, uh, feasts become, become the norm, God. A table where there is no lack, God. Because we choose to trust you. And for those who already know Jesus as our Lord, He's saying, hold on, don't let go. Hold on. Do not let go. Do not let go. You have been faithful to this point. Do not let one more day cause you to let go. Continue to hold on. Because I will bring you through. And so this morning, God, we, we sing that my God is awesome. My God is awesome. He will bring us through. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Lead me through the valleys. And hide me from the rain. My God is awesome. He can move mountains. Lead me through the valleys, by his stripes I am healed. Somebody lift your hands as we celebrate the greatness of our God. He's great and he's greatly to be praised. His little worship song that says this, our God is awesome.
God is awesome, the world is full of iconic figures. The people praise him, they stock us up at a high percentage. The giants in our eyes, the sky's the limit. The picture painted is larger than life, but God is bigger. Your God is greater. I weigh them on the scale like crocs and gators. Found that only God can save us. And God is gracious, that's who we flock to. In the day of trouble, and will we blow it like hot food? The song's official, nobody's greater for Shaw Mitchell. You got it right with that song, it echoes the heart of scripture. Yeah, they wonder why we so serious. It's cause Jesus Christ is also man, period. Okay, my Jesus, the son crushed the king of kings, and he's God on earth. My Messiah born and raised to give us all a second birth. And from heaven he came down, down. to free all that were bound. bound. Oh God, the four and twenty fell down, casting down their crowns. That's the awesome God that we serve. He's able to take you through. He can cover you, carry you through the mountains, carry you through the valleys, carry you. He can level mountains. He can do so much, depending on what it is that you are requiring. He can do all of that and more. But he's saying to us this morning, trust me. Because I am the awesome God. Trust me. Trust me. You cannot do it of yourself. And so this morning, I thank you for joining us. And so may the blessing of the Lord be with you this morning, and not only for today, but for the rest of the week. We pray that you will understand that our God is awesome, 
and that in every situation you find yourself, he has a strategy, he has a plan, but you must seek him. So may the Lord bless you this morning and keep you. May the Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and grant you his perfect peace. So be blessed. And we'll see you again next week. Same time, walk good.
Blessing on the wall, sick. 